I think we'll, uh, we'll definitely crush the goal to, to take care of those 76 kids by tonight. So um, this is from last year. We've, this is our third year. Some of you guys that are the first time you're hearing this, you can go back to last week's message. And um, I did a, uh, I, they sent us like a two and a half minute clip that you can go watch what the Brick Kids project is all about. But in essence, it's this, is uh, in India, they basically have these brick factories promise to pay off people's debt. And then there's such high interest rates on their debt, they can never make enough money for how little they pay them to ever get out. So the third generation kids, so the grandparents, parents, and kids all stay in the brick factory their whole life to pay off debt. And they'll never pay it off, which is crazy. So, <clears throat> but they found uh, enough of these brick factories that said, we'll let the kids go and get an education and get out. The challenge is they don't have 130 bucks to, for their school. So here's how it works. I, th I still think this is the coolest thing what we're doing and and uh i know the elks and stuff are doing that tonight right they're they're doing inspire 100 tonight so i think they think that they thought they'd raise plenty to cover the rest of 76 kids tonight but um so for 130 bucks how it works is they give them all their uniforms their shoes their books and if they can get into one semester the indian government pays their whole education the rest of the time subsidizes them so to me, it's like the best $130 investment for generations ever. <clears throat> so I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but I'm sure that's their first new pair of shoes. And, and uh, like this guy's full of joy. We're on the fellowship. This guy's like intense. And he doesn't know what happened, but he knows something, something's changing, doesn't it? Like I know something wild is happening to my life. And if you go to the next picture real quick, <clears throat> they show the first day of school from some of the guys last year. So I appreciate your generosity. People were given like crazy for that. And so that's my favorite thing that Inspire 100 does. So <clears throat> now I do want to talk about though, um, if we go to the, the, the first slide whenever you can, that'd be great. Um, here's what's really cool. <clears throat> I'm grateful for the generosity of those um, brick factory owners for allowing the kids to actually escape in, in essentially. And um, <clears throat> But if they learned what I'm sharing tonight, they could simply do it. Repent. Most of you guys have been taught like repent is groveling, asking for forgiveness, um, feeling guilty about something you've done or what, a situation you're in. Is that fair to say? In fact, even when I was, I was uh, looking this week and just studying the Greek and Hebrew and any, almost every Christian commentary was like, this is the only way into the kingdom. And I'm like, that's not even close to what it says. So it's just the stuff that people are being taught right now Repent is actually this beautiful, beautiful gift of God. It's the miracle working power of Christ in you, literally. So if, we, if you look, uh, you can go find this. Um, if we just hit that first slide, bud, <clears throat> in the narrative with John the Baptist, maybe we'll just read it to you. Um, Matthew 3, it's pretty interesting. Um, hold on, I should have pulled it up ahead of time. <clears throat> But they talk about it in Matthew, they talk about it in Luke, and it says, here's what it says. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. So this dry area, this dry part of the desert, right? And then it says this, it says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we'll cover that scripture actually a little bit. <clears throat> and so see what that actually means. For this is he that was spoken of the pride Isaiah, <clears throat> Isaiah saying, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And so... <clears throat> If you keep going, then it's a little bit later, it talks about, um, it's, it says, uh, repent for the kingdom of God is here, bear fruit worthy of repentance. 
<clears throat> so repent for the kingdom of God is near. And we'll go through what that near is and what the kingdom of heaven is. And it's very awesome, actually, when you read it. It has nothing to do with begging for forgiveness or changing, um, feeling guilty, like, oh, please, God, forgive me for this mess I've made myself. It literally means this, is if you have a radical change of mind and attitude, what you're now picturing in your mind, the kingdom of God within, the royal rule and reign within you, which I'll show you what this near is to, brings it to pass with no effort on your own, almost like we've been talking about. It's really fascinating. But it says, you know, John the Baptist is preaching. It says, repent, the kingdom of God is near. And then it says something really interesting if you keep going in Matthew. But it says, truly I tell you, <clears throat> among those born of women, there has no one greater than John the Baptist. Have you been born of a woman, every one of you? Yeah, we've all came out of our mother's womb, right? So he says this, there's not one person <clears throat> that's ever lived that's greater than John the Baptist. Yet, if you're the least in the kingdom of heaven, you're greater than John the Baptist. Isn't that interesting? So if John the Baptist is the one saying, hey, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, and they're saying, oh, John the Baptist is the guy telling everybody to stop sinning. They're going, no, John the Baptist was, the, was as great as John the Baptist was. The least person in the kingdom is greater than John. Isn't that interesting? That's fascinating to me. Well, I'll show you what it, what it really means is this, is I don't care what's going on in your physical world. <clears throat> as great as God's creation is our physical man, there's something even greater in us, which is Christ in you, the second man, which the scripture says is the Lord from heaven. And Christ is the wisdom and power of God, is what it says. So I've been kind of sharing, it's like shocking to people's systems sometimes, but Jesus Christ is not like his jersey name. You're like M. Popovich. It's not like Jesus, his last name's Christ. It's, it's not what it means at all. That's how your mind thinks, because that's what you've been taught. But if you go look at it, it's not what it means. It says Christ is the wisdom and power of God. Anyway, so, like I said, repent doesn't mean feeling guilty um, for any situation you've done. Because people are like, um, well, will the grace of God work if, I, if I'm the one who caused these problems? Like, well, who else caused them? Every problem I'm in, I caused, right? If you really understand it. So, of course, he's given us this gift of repentance, what it really means, metanoia, which we'll go through the Greek and some of the Hebrew is just awesome. It means, like, you can literally go, I don't, I don't like the way my life is right now and how I'm, my attitude towards it, my view towards it, I can simply repent. I can simply change a new attitude and a new view within. And exactly what I do within draws near to me and becomes my new life. It literally burns up the past and you become new. That's repent. I'll show you what it, that, that's exactly what it means in Greek and Hebrew. Doesn't that sound better now? Repent. For the kingdom of heaven. He's like, stop, stop running around in the wilderness, guys. Stop being religious to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's going, as good as you guys think you are, there's nobody better than John, but the least in the kingdom is better than you. He goes, you cannot be good enough ever to be into the kingdom. The kingdom is within you. And it's at hand. It's for real. It's everybody can have it right now. Everybody get that? So I, the main point about this is I wanted to get is repent does not mean feeling guilty, feeling bad. It's, it's the exact opposite. It's this wonderful grace of God that, gosh, I'm in this impossible situation. Like you could be a brick kid, Right? Now, all the facts would say, hey, the laws of India are like this. you got to pay off your debt. They have Old Testament debt, right, where generations have to just pay it off. They, they don't, there's no forgiveness of debt there. <clears throat> so, but the grace of these, these owners, they're going, hey, we'll let the kids get out if, if somebody will pay for their school so they actually can have a future. And so, thank God, here we are, which I love. But here's what's really cool. I mean this wholeheartedly. If any of them would repent, as impossible as that situation is where they're, 
by the facts say, hey, we're in debt. Um, the laws say this. My, my dad died. My grandpa died here. My dad died here. I'm here. My kids are here. If one person got a hold of this where they could simply repent, meaning they could metanoia, they could begin to see themselves in this. Repentance is really for, when people, when people say this, they go, it would take a miracle. It's as simple as repenting. And that doesn't mean like, oh Lord, I repent. It means this. That would be, that's next to impossible. All right, just accept the impossible as if it's already real right now. That's all it is. So the impossible would be, I can't get outside this wall because of all these facts and everything else. If that little kid would simply start to see himself vibrant, whole as a business owner, as an engineer, whatever he wants to do, on the outside, and then completely trust in Christ, the wisdom and power of God within him to bring it to pass, he will find himself on the outside whether we're there or not. That's why I'm really excited about Inspire is to be able to teach these kids and the parents too, but <clears throat> this is just our way to get in, to get into the sphere of influence of these people, to go, hey, you know what? You don't even need us. Of course, we're going to support you and, and get you out of here because this is the opportunity at hand, but one of you could simply do this because if the kingdom of God is in you, what's impossible to God? Nothing as far as I know, right? A lot of Christians go, nothing's impossible to God. Then they come up with some situation like, I need a miracle. <laughs> it's like, do you not know that God is in you? That's what I keep hammering because that was the question of Paul. Like, do you not know the kingdom of God is within you? Do you not know that God is in you? You are the tabernacle or dwelling place of God and the spirit of God dwells in you. And I would say, if, if based on the emails I get, no, they don't. They don't. People don't believe this. They don't actually know it. They go, oh yeah, yeah, I did it when I was 13 at the whatever weekend. I remember we went to, uh, I can't remember. Shoot. Subin Regamar, some of the people that watch in Iowa that grew up with me, I can't remember where it was, but they have the same deal, right? You're 13, you go, they have the campfire and they go, have you ever burned yourself? Yeah, on purpose a couple of times. It's stupid, but I did it. <clears throat> well, how would that feel for eternal life? Like, this is silly, isn't it? Like, but that, we did all that. Like, oh yeah, I accepted Jesus Christ. I have no idea what that means at this point, but they're like, you're saved. And I don't know about you, but I just thought it would be better. I thought, wow, I just thought I'd get different results, actually. Like, and then we did the baptism in the Holy Spirit and baptism in water, and we're like, nothing happened. Why is everybody so excited about this? Right? Maybe you did. I, I don't know. It's just like, this is so easy now. It's like Christ is in you, which is the wisdom and power of God. So think about this. <clears throat> the wisdom that succeeds all knowledge, all facts, everything else of God is in you. And the ability, the dunamis, the miracle working power of God is in you. It's simply seeing exactly how you want it to be. The impossible situation, all right, see it is already done. That's it. Now, completely roll it over. Psalms 37, 4 and 5. We were doing this on the fellowship the other night. <clears throat> it says, there's some of my favorites ever. And I still don't think we understand it, but it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. How I was taught, what that means is if I jump up and down and clap enough, God will give me some desire. That's not what it means. It says, delight yourself in Yudhe Vavhe. Delight yourself in your I amness. It literally is what Yudhe Vavhe, if you, go, if you go interpret it correctly. And it says, the Father in you, you're one with the Father in you. If you have a desire, it's proof that your miracle has already been granted to you. Because desire is the Latin word from sired from the father, desire, of the father. 
Now, Christians have been taught this. <clears throat> is this your will or his will? I don't know. Do you have a desire that's of the Father? Repentance is to fulfill any desire you have. Literally, any. doesn't it say, I'll give you everything that pertains to life and godliness so your joy may be full? All these scriptures, right? It's for your joy. It's for overflowing joy. It's, there's not one scripture that says intimacy with God, prayer with God is ever maybe, is it your will or not? Well, there's not one. Now we've interpreted that. So what that scripture actually means is not my will, not my will, Father, but thy will. It's simply this. In the, in the narrative, Jesus is saying, listen, I want this to happen, but it's not going to be my willpower, Lord. It's Christ in me, your willpower, God himself doing the work. It's not thy will, but my will. And we've turned it into, did you, was that your will? Is that my will? Oh, I got so confused when I was being taught that stuff. Like, well, are you pure? No. No, not always. Like sometimes I like to have stuff. I desire stuff. Anybody else desire nice things sometimes? Well, that's not of the Father. No, it is actually. It says the Father, it's the God trying to express his life through you. That's desire, the Father. So it says this, <clears throat> delight yourself in the, your own I amness. Who do you, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? What do you want to do with your life? How do you want to live? Get very specific if you want. And this is how I want my life to be, exactly how you want it to be. It says he will give you that desire. He'll give you, if, you, if there's something in you like, I would love to live like this. I would like to have this kind of business. I would like to have this kind of relationship. I would like to have this kind of, uh, uh, <clears throat> well, the dream to me was when I read um, Klaus Obermeier. Brent, did I ever tell you that? No, so the first time we were in Aspen skiing, they had Aspen Magazine there, and Klaus Obermeier, the Obermeier ski clothing founder, I don't know if he's still alive anymore, but at the time he was 94 and he skied every day. I said, that is me. I'm going to be 94 and ski every day. I, I don't care anything else. That's what's going to happen. So that's what we're going to do because I repent. I can just simply see that. And now I just trust in Christ in me to bring it to pass. So I know it's going to happen. Isn't that cool? Let's repent. Like, I didn't have an idea to, to ever ski every day when I'm 94, but all of a sudden I repented. I was like, I had a radical change of thought and emotion going, oh my God, I, I want to do that. Well, now I'll have it. I guarantee you that's how it will be. Isn't that cool? Unless we change our attitude, unless we don't want to do it anymore. I, might, I don't know. I, right now I want to. Don't you? I just think the coolest. Like, I, I would love to see that dude just cruising down the mountain. Like, there's Klaus. How old is he? He's 94. <laughs> no medicine, nothing, just cruising, right? I'm like, yes, that's me. So anyway, <clears throat> that's, that's literally repent. Now, let's go to this next slide. I want to show you this because this is really cool. So let's go back to this Matthew 3, 2, because it means something. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Here's what it, let me just read it, and then I'll explain what it says. Here's what it says. Repent. Change what, how you view things and your attitude about life. Change your focus. And the kingdom, which is in, within you, brings it near to you. It draws it to you, literally, if you go look at it. Now, we think, like, hurry up. Jesus is here. Repent, because otherwise you're going to burn. Isn't that what we think? That is not at all what it says. It says, hey guys, repent because this is how the kingdom works. Whatever you desire, it's drawn to you. It's, it is near. So check this out. So uh, Chris Obey and I were kind of chatting about this today when he was driving home. So near, <clears throat> near we think, oh, this is near me. But it's, it's a verb that it's, it means, so I just cut and paste so people can't blame me. I go, this is your book. Don't blame me. So Strong's, um, Hold on. I wrote some notes here that I wanted to cover. So Strong's 3340, repent, 
is metanoia. You guys have all heard that. But here's what's really fascinating. When you start looking at metanoia, it says to repent, to change your mind or change the inner man. So just change within. Change your view and attitude within. How would you feel if you had the dream life? What would it look like? How would you feel? What, would you be happy? Would you be joyful? That's what all the scriptures are talking about. <clears throat> and so then I just took um, near, because we think, oh, it's near. He's drawing near. He's coming. It, it really is, is this idea of bringing it to pass or giving birth to it. So Strong's is 1448. Uh, I forget the pronunciation of this. It's like Egedzo or something like that. So all you Greek scholars, relax. I'm just, I don't really care how to pronounce it. I want to know how it works. These guys are so busy, worried about theology, they can't do anything. So Egedzo means to cause to bring near. So Thayer's Greek lexicon, I just cut and paste this, to bring near, to join. So it joins you to something, and it's the Septuagint, and this word is nagash. That's where I always go. Once I get there, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I know. So nagash is 5066 in Strong's. Now, it's three Hebrew letters. It's nun, gemel, and shin. And in Hebrew, it means make to approach near, bring forth, cause to come hither. So you're getting this where it says, change your attitude. The kingdom, which he's given us, it was the Father's good pleasure to give you his royal rule and reign. So if you have God's royal rule and reign, who's reigning? We should be, right? And not this weird faith, weird thing. This should be supernaturally natural. Like when, we, when people know who they are, you mean I can simply change and see myself already enjoying the dream life and in ways I know not how, it comes to me. All I simply have to do is trust him. Like, yeah, God's pretty faithful, isn't he? So it's not this radical faith like you need to go spend all night praying in tongues. It's none of that. It's just, thank you, Father. I trust Christ in me to bring it to pass and go to sleep. And in ways you know not how, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn, it'll come. We were talking about this in the fellowship the other night. No, this was the house fellowship, I think. And uh, it's the parable of parables, guys, is this whole thing. The parable of parables, here's Jesus, he's, in the narrative he says, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand anything I say. Now, I look back and think about all the things I was taught in church, and they didn't talk about any of that. They talked about all kinds of weird stuff. What the scripture clearly says, then they'd go off on this tangent, and like, what does that have to do with a seed? What they don't know what he's saying. They really don't understand. So here, check this out. This is wild. So, noon, gamel, shin. To bring forth or cause to come hither. So literally he's saying, just change your attitude and see life differently from this day forward. That's the kingdom. That's his royal rule and reign. And it'll draw it near to you. It'll bring it to you. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's actually really cool. So, noon, as I showed you last week, it's the, it's the Hebrew letter noon. Um where it says, uh, Yeshua, son of Nun, right? Son of Nun says, Moses, the servant is dead. Yeshua, the son of Nun, is the helper. The helper is always the Holy Spirit, guys. So the son of Nun is to give birth out of the Spirit to anything you want, is really what the son of Nun is. The son, the offspring of Nun. Nun is also the number 50, which is, you guys should know this, Pentecost and Jubilee, right? So Pentecost, think about this. All the feasts, they're at the tabernacle and everything else. Know you not that you're the tabernacle. You're the gathering place. You're the dwelling place of God and the Spirit's within you. So, of every man born of a woman, says John the Baptist, we're all born out of a woman. But John the Baptist is still concerned with external things. He's eating roaches and stuff, right? He's like, he's gone on the ground and he's eating crickets or whatever. What does it say? Roaches? What it? No, it's the grasshoppers. Yeah. 
So it still says he's cast down. He's looking down. He's, he hasn't lifted up Christ in himself yet. He's looking down and he's eating grubs and whatever. That's how I look at it. Like, he goes to like health food stores. And like they smell to me. If you like it, great. I just like, like a big chunk of steak just makes my mouth savor. It's like, yes, thank you, Father. Although, oh, yeah, put some leaves on there too. That's fine. So he's talking about stop being cast down. Everything's down here. I'm feeding on lowly things. I'm feeding on low emotions, etc. <clears throat> the least amount in the kingdom is greater than anything that you can do in the physical, John the Baptist. That's what he's saying. So the spirit, the son of noon, Joshua, Yeshua, Yahweh saves, is the son of noon. So this idea of repentance. So you're baptized. Moses was indeed baptized in water. So we were born out of water, the, the mother's womb, the mighty waters of the mother's womb, right? Is what it says, born of a woman. And then it talks about this narrative. It says, but the one coming after me is born after the water and the, and the fire, right? And he gives you the same idea. Like, I'm not worthy. Like, we're not even comparable. I'm not worthy to tie his shoelaces is what he's talking about. So here's what he's saying. To be fully immersed in the spirit, something happens, guys, in the physical covenant, the old covenant that fades away, which is a man and a woman come together in intimacy and produce life. That sounds like God, doesn't it? Life comes out of the womb. And if you go look at the tabernacle, I've showed you this, is the physical parts of the, the holy place are the physical intimacy of a man and a woman, if you go look at it. And that was their proof that when they were in intimacy, the old covenant, the firstborn, which is the flesh, fades away. When does it fade away, ladies and gentlemen? About what age? At Pentecost, at 50. Doesn't it? You know, people run around like, I'm going to be Sarah and have a baby at 90. Have you ever seen it? Never seen it. They misinterpret the scripture. These ladies run around like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm pretty sure you're not. Because you went through Pentecost. The old faded away. But now you're completely immersed in spirit. You're now birthed by Abraham and Sarah. They added a hay to it, which means it's an open window. And it was like, yeah, it's grace. But I don't think they teach grace in a way that people can actually like lay hold of it and experience it. Grace is simply this. It's an open window. And I, I showed you in Hebrew, it means to the creative ability of God to take any potential in the spirit and bring it forth in the physical. It's really close to cough. Noon is almost the same. So when you're at Pentecost and at Jubilee, Pentecost means I'm completely immersed in the spirit, which is Abraham and Sarah. And that never fades. I can give birth to all kinds of creations and create, be the creative ability of God. In the spirit, for, and that never fades is what it says. The first covenant, the old covenant, fades about 50. The second covenant does not. It never fades. You getting this? And the same furniture in the holiest of holies is the physical covenant, if you go look at it. So he goes, hey, if you understand the seed, a male casts a seed, goes into the, the sea. The sea is the Hebrew word yam, which means the mighty waters of the womb. The strength of God is in the mighty waters of the womb. I don't even want to get into it. It's like, it's so fascinating now when I read Hebrew. <laughs> I'm going, oh my gosh. How did we get taught all this weird stuff about it? It's so bizarre to me now. I'm going, no, that's not what it is at all. It's, it just means this is, I can take Abraham and Sarah and that never fades. Simply see the desire I want and it passes from physical, spiritual to physical. And that gives birth forever. That'll never fade. Isn't that fascinating? And so it said, Yom is, if thou say to this, Mountain, mountain was this rising up above everything else. Behold, there's something that rose up above everything else. And if it casts it into the yam, the sea, the mighty womb of the waters, life comes. 
That's exactly what that verse is all about. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I think I have to keep sharing this with people because they got these wacky ideas of what we were taught. Like, it's this. It's like, if I mountain move, I'm like, no, that's not what they're saying, if you understand it. Anyway, you're getting the imagery. I'm trying to be polite with not make the ladies blush. And, but that's what it is. So, but here's what's cool. So, Nagash says, repent. Just simply change how, what you're viewing within. That's the hay, right? That's the kingdom of God that he's given you. That is God's royal rule and reign. He's given it to you. You can choose anything, any attitude or vision. See it as if it's already done. That's why it says repent. Here's, the, here's how the kingdom of God works. And when you do that, it draws it near to you. It nagashes. And the nagash is to bring forth or cause to come hither. Nun is the cedar fish that sprouts from the deep hidden waters within. It was Pentecost and Jubilee in the imagery. And then it says, hey, this is about you. These, these festivals and the tabernacles are a picture of you. So, gamel is an interesting thing. It means to rise up. So when John the Baptist is telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he's saying, hey, rise up. Get, know who you are. Understand that Christ is in you. And the picture of gamel is literally of a camel in Hebrew getting up with all the packs. and all. He's carrying the whole weight of the journey. And it literally, the Hebrew letters, the imagery says this. Commit your desire onto the camel. Like, this is God doing all the work. So, as difficult as you think it's going to be to go hit that desire, this impossible thing, whatever, it says, you know what? Rise up within you. See as if it's already done. Put it on the camel. The camel does all the work. It takes all of your goods, your everything that you're going to need, and brings you to the end of the destination. That's literally everything in Gamel, that one letter. And then you got Shin, which I showed you. It's either a tooth or a fire, and it literally means the Yeshua, the Shin in you, it burns up everything or chews up food. Whatever you feed on brings it into the smallest particle and brings new life out of it. So it literally says, I burn up anything you don't want and cause new life to sprout. Now that's pretty cool. So you can read that whole thing like this now. Change your mind and attitude because this is how the spiritual kingdom works. The fire of God burns up what you don't want and carries you to your new change of mind through no effort of your own. Jubilee. Jubilee was the Sabbath. Seven times seven times seven. It was the sevens, as I showed you with Jericho and, and the spy and everything else. It means your work is, is resting. You're not doing any of it. The camel, the spirit of the Lord, all, this, all these pictures that he gives us, all this imagery, it's all about the same thing. It's all about how to operate in the spiritual kingdom, the second man, Jesus Christ, within you. Is that cool or what? So um, <clears throat> let me just give you some examples. So if we go to this last slide, I, I want to share... Um, I think the Brick Kids is a great example. And uh, if you get that, that, what is repentance? So think about this. The father gets himself in debt, whatever. And now he's in this brick factory and, and he sees not only his kids, but also in the, the second generation, his grandkids are working now to pay off his debt. You think he could feel some guilt? That is not what repent means. Repent should be this joyous grace of God, which has a radical metanoia. Change my inner man. Change what I'm picturing here because all things are available to Christ. All things are possible to Christ within me. God's within me. Knowing not that God is, I'm the tabernacle of God and everything's possible to him. I don't have to understand it. It says his ways are higher than mine, right? Again, get the imagery of that. God's ways are different, higher than the lower holy place. The holiest of holies is where we meet God face to face is what it says. So he goes, just go up a little higher in Revelation 2. You see that narrative where John is like, come up a little higher. Come up here. This is where everything really happens, right? Between the two cherubs. <clears throat> so anyway, so that father could start to feel guilty and like, oh, 
that does not repent. If the father, if the, if the mother, if the kid, if anybody would do this and, and simply go, you know what? God's within me. And he can make anything happen. There's no limits. I'm one with the miracle creative power of God. True repentance is I can see life exactly how I want it to be. Hey, I don't like this. You know what? I'm missing the mark. I'm in this, I'm in this compound making bricks. My kids are doing it. My grandkids are doing it. I don't like this. I'm going to have a radical change of mind and see myself exactly how I would like it to be. And in ways we know how, the miraculous power of God that within us, we know not how. It's just, he'll give you the desire of your heart. He'll sire, he'll sire a desire in your heart. Wouldn't we all desire to be outside of that in that situation? Now, we have first world problems, but they're still, if we're not fulfilled on our desire, we're sinning. Sinning just means you missed the mark. If my goal is to do X and I'm not, it doesn't mean I'm bad. Sinning just means hit the mark. We're going to teach you how to hit the mark so you not sin. You're going to hit the goal. That's what it means. So you're going to hit the goal. So we go, you know what? I have a desire to not be a brick worker my whole life. And I don't have a desire for my father to be a brick worker. And I don't have a desire for my grandkids, whoever is doing this. I don't have to have a penny in the bank. I don't have to know anybody. I don't have to have contacts. I don't have to know Freedom Ministries and Inspire 100. I don't have to know any of that. Because I know within. I know God's within me. Know ye not. I could simply go, I'm going to design life exactly how I want it to be. I see myself as this radical business owner in India. My grandparents are here. My family's here. And everybody's going, this is so amazing. And if you feel that joy, now here's simply faith. God's going to bring it to pass. The nagash in you. The kingdom, this is how it works. I simply picture my desire I have an attitude like, yes, this is real. I'm not going to go, this is impossible. I need a miracle. I just simply say, I have the miracle. I have this. And I start to view life as if I already have it. I start to walk around with this joy that I already have it. Right? And it's going to happen. It'll come to pass. It says, I will sire this desire in you. Commit it to me. Roll it over to me. And I will bring it to pass. Your own, your own Christ within you will bring it to pass through the Spirit of God within you. Hey, change what you do here. This is the royal rule and reign of God. It's God doing the work. And whatever you do here, he brings it to you with no effort of your own. It's jubilee. That's, that's near. And we think, act busy. Jesus is coming. <laughs> like, it's not what it means. It means it's near. It's at hand. It's right here. Like, come on, guys. It's within you, right? Are you getting this? That's all repent is. It has nothing to do with your behavior. And all the religious guys will come. So you're saying, you're giving them a license to sin. I'm going, no. I'm saying, when you're tired of lying your whole life, you can repent. You don't have to worry about being guilty your whole life, right? We are just talking, jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's such beautiful things when you actually see what's going on here. Now, let me just show you a personal thing. This is kind of cool. I was telling Brent and Leslie <clears throat> and Les about this earlier. So it's just some of the business projects I'm working on. So I was talking, Nathan and I, my, my partner, this is so cool to me. Because we do this stuff. It's not like we're up here and talking and, um, do as I say, not as I do. Like, we actually do this stuff. So Nathan and I were just going, you know what, let's see it as a billion-dollar brand already. Let's see it's worth a billion dollars already. And we started just look, thinking of it, and it starts to become more real. It starts to become more real. Like, God, this isn't even hard anymore. Like, we, we can see it so clearly right now. We're not trying to figure out how to do it. That's what's really interesting. So Nathan sends me this thing. So he was, <clears throat> he was uh, with our accountant in um, Scottsdale, and he got done early, he was telling me. So here's, here's the power of this. 
hey, we have a billion dollar brand. Thank you, Father. We, in ways we know not how, this is what it looks like. This is what we're going to be doing. This is who we are. And we just, in, we, in our mind's eye, we see it as a completely done. And then allow it to come, like the ways and means and how to do it. So he said, hey, I got done. So I'm, I'm sitting at the pool and, and uh, these wealthy businessmen from Montreal were sitting at the pool and they started chit-chatting. They're like, hey, you know what? Um, we have, we have uh, the best tickets at the Suns game tonight right on the floor. You need to come. And so he's like, no, 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 you know, I'm like, I'm just here on business and flying home tomorrow. And so he goes like, after 10 times, I relented and go, yeah, I'll come. All right, you got me, I'll come. So they show up and he's on the front row of the, the Phoenix game. And then this other pretty sharp guy shows up and they're like, who are you? And the Canadians met this guy too and demanded that he come. So he goes, oh, I, I work in the wealth management division of UBS, the investment giant of Switzerland, right? And he goes, what do you do? And so Nathan tells him, hey, you know, we're building these storage units and everything else. And he goes, you know what? The number one investment the wealth management division did for UBS last year was storage. Let's talk. So we've been in negotiations with them. And uh, they're willing to fund like the, almost the whole thing. It makes our stuff like ridiculously valuable. And then he put, can I, can I say what he said? He goes, you can't plan this shit. <laughs> Just trying to keep it real, because that's what I would, is that wild or is that wild? We know not how. We simply plant the seed as if it's already done. Yeah, we want a billion dollar company. Yeah, I've been talking about this forever. And I'm like, you know what? I not, now I actually understand it. I had to be taught out of it by religion. Now I'm back to what, how I always knew it. And going, this is how the thing works. This is how my life has always worked. We simply see this already done and feel the joy as if it's already done. And in ways we know not how, that seed, that kingdom of heaven, that seed goes into the deep waters of God's creative womb. And the camel, all, he does all the effort. He brings all these things to us. So Nathan's interviewing an accountant in Scottsdale. These rich business guys are like, hey, we want you to join us at the Suns game. And the investment banker from UBS Wealth Management shows up. And he goes, we want to do this. It's awesome. So that makes it very real to me. Does that make sense? And I just want to share that because it's real to me. It's fresh, so I can like feel the emotion of it, etc. But that's how it works. It doesn't need to be anything. So anyway, does this help you what repentance is? We'll just leave it at that. We'll be done. So <clears throat> it's really this miracle working power of Christ within you is all repentance. Don't ever think it's about guilt, about changing your behavior, um, anything. You know what? These guys start telling you, repent. Jesus is near. Run, because they don't know what they're talking about. They're trying to put guilt on you. They're trying to, he's coming, not realizing that it says, it'll, if you change this, it'll draw the exact thing that you just started picturing and had a new attitude about to you. That's near you. It draws and brings it forth from within you. That's near you. So it's really, repent. This is how the kingdom works and exactly what you're doing within, it, it'll become in your life. If it takes some rich Canadians to, and my, my partner to go meet with the accountant, get done early, Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a UBS guy. Hey, we got tickets to the Suns game. And then he and Nathan talk. And then we start this negotiation. And hey, we want to do this with you. It's awesome. I don't know how that worked, right? As Nathan said, you can't plan this scubula. You have to let it come to you. <laughs> I better not say the word again. People get upset. I know, Sue Lynn, you never said that on the farm. Dad probably never did. Barb never does either. Actually, you don't. You're pretty good. I'm, pre I'm pretty bad. I can do it sometimes. Just being honest. So does that help you? All right. If you want to change your world or satisfy any desire, repent. God will sire 
the desire in you. It's him trying to express his life in you. So it's simply this. You can get out a pen, like I said, and just start writing. And going, my life will be like this. I will ski every day at 94. I'd repented. I'd never heard of that because I'd heard all this weird stuff. Well, you know, it's not like this in your body. You know, like I had all the... So I, I had this idea like chasing her with my tennis balls or something, you know. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a minute. This dude is skiing at 94. I had a radical, radical change of mind, right? And now I, I know it'll totally happen because I understand Christ in me. Yeah, sure, I can, I can bring that about. That, that's your desire. He planted it there. Yeah, commit it to him, trust in him. And in ways we know not how, like the seed in the deep, it comes to pass with no effort. So that's really all repentance is. So start to picture life exactly how you want it. This is my life. This is what I'd have. This is the business I have. This is the dream life I have. This is the dream marriage I have. See it as if it's already done, and I promise you it never fails. The kingdom of God within you brings it to pass. Amen? So that's repentance. God bless you guys.